0: allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good morning, Americans. It is a privilege to live in the only country in the world where we can breathe the fresh air of liberty. We are on episode 32, and we welcome you, and of course, our guest host, singer, Chief O'Neill. And today we're talking about military and American pride. we encourage you to share your thoughts on this subject by emailing us at podcast at constitutioncommanders.org. My name is Chris Williams. I'm your host. My brother Patrick Williams is co-host, and we are the Constitution Commanders. Ronald Reagan told a story one time about these three dogs in an alleyway. One was an American dog, one was a German dog, one was a Russian dog. They were scrounging around trying to find food, and the American dog finally said, man, I wish I was at home right now. All I'd have to do is bark and I could eat. And the German dog said, what's eat? And the Russian dog said, what's bark? (laughs) You know, (laughs) It sounds funny, but in, in reality, I mean, we have been spoiled. I mean, in America, we just about snap our fingers and get what we want. Right. I mean, compared to other countries, even some of the other countries that are the better countries, they don't have what we have. And, you know, back to the military thing, I think if you're a male child graduating high school and you haven't already enrolled in college, your next step is boot camp. Right. I think every male in this country ought to serve. You know, I don't think that's a harsh thing to say. Look, when I lived boot camp, no. I was like, man, everybody needs to do this. I mean, was right. it easy? No. no. Was it fun? Not all the time. The bottom line is, what I was getting in boot camp, I realized was stuff I should have learned when I was growing up. For whatever reason, I didn't. Most of it was conscious decision. I didn't trust right. my parents enough to listen to them, so I didn't. Now, when I got to boot camp, I was like, man, everybody ought to get this. I mean, I'm looking at it like, this is the biggest Christmas present I ever got. Everybody needs this. But I think if nothing else, all males should be required. It should be a requirement, but this is America. We don't have to have requirements like that. However, what I'm seeing in America today and what we dealt with in the military. I mean, we dealt with bureaucracy and red tape, right? Right. Uh. But what I see out here in America is what we used to call civilian pukes. And when I got my first job out of the military, I took this job at Office Depot because the general manager was a retired army guy. Two assistant managers were retired Navy. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be right at home here. I didn't talk to a couple of customers before I was ready to string somebody up. And I'm thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? I never went to combat. I never went overseas. I mean, why am I acting like this? Right? And you know when Patrick came home, it was—I mean, he was still high, strong, and he's hard to talk to when he first right out of the army. But uh, I still
1: hadn't—I still hadn't <laughs> back, and I've been 21 years out. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, is like
0: even then, when first getting out, and I'm seeing the way these civilians act, I'm like, y'all are some nasty motherfuckers. Right. So I think that all males should go in, males especially.
2: But I think it'll be mandatory male. But you know,
0: I think it should too. But at least yeah. if we mandate the males to go in the rest of society will start to come back to what it was or, or at least some level of appreciation. I mean, look, when we get, when we're talking college level kids being taught to hate America, something's wrong with that.
2: But see Patrick, you talked about what well go, you know, the, the deterioration of the American spirit. Okay. Yeah. Once you go in, once you go into the military, you know, I think this is something that could be used to revitalize the American spirit because you're going to come out and you're going to be loud and proud, you know, Oh, yeah. To be American, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's got to, you know, all my, you know, all my, all my my family and stuff was all ex military. I knew what I was going to do, you know. And I was already had the American spirit, but it just multiplied it by a million, you know. Right.
0: Well, I think going to the military gives you that appreciation for where you live and it gives you. A, a better understanding for sure about what needs to be done or how to go about it. You know, what's that's that pla- flag
2: for, Man, you know, what, what does, does it really stand, stand for? You
0: well, know? that's, that's what I ask people all the time, because I, I, you know, I think people just look at that flag sometimes I see red, white, and blue. And I'm like, do you even know that flag actually has a meaning is it, they didn't just, you know, tie 13 stripes together and put 50 stars on a blue field. There's a reason that flag was designed that way. Most people do not know what it's for. As a matter of fact, to be honest, I didn't know until I got to boot camp. I didn't know all those years sitting, you know, well, like I sat with granddaddy a lot. I didn't, but when I was sitting with granddaddy to watch a football game and the national anthem would come on, I never understood why he cried over the national anthem. It's just the national anthem was what I was thinking. But after being in the military, knowing what that flag represents, knowing more about what this country went through to become what it is. I know now why he cried at the National Anthem. Now you want well, to know he the National lost, Anthem.
1: Yeah, but he lost a lot of brothers under that flag, too.
0: He did. That's what All I'm right. saying. I didn't understand it. Of course, you remember, yeah, I don't I don't know how many times you asked Granddaddy about what what the Army was like. I didn't ask him about the war. I just wanted to know about what the Army was like. He never answered that question until one day we were about to watch a football game. I thought he was going to the bathroom. He went up in the attic and came back with a box. He sat down in the floor. He said, boy, you want to know about the army? It's in that box. I didn't know it was in the box. But when I opened the top of that box, I saw the shadow box. with I think it was a bronze star, two purple hearts or something else. I saw the purple hearts and I said, oh, shit. Yeah. Now I know. I mean, I didn't know anything. I just knew why he didn't talk about it. Because talking about the army meant he had to talk about the war. And when I saw the two purple hearts, I was like, oh, wow.
2: You know, in World War II, they was losing... 2,000 men a day. Yeah. Yep. You had a lot of gold star families, you know. And uh, my grandfather talked about World War II uh, reluctantly. He was a Marine, you know. And he was in the the Pacific, man, you know, Water Canal, uh, Iwo Jima. And uh, he passed that knowledge down when he felt like I was old enough to start to understand about what he did but he talked more about the friends that he left the brothers that died with him you know and nobody had to tell us to stand up when i was growing up at a football game when they started playing the national anthem you got up you put oh your no hat no hat if
0: you didn't back then you probably got <laughs> ousted
2: yeah, you know you took your hat off you stood up and you put your hand over your heart you i know? mean
0: how many times have we been to a race even where people they start to play or they start the invocation People would still be, hey, hey, shut up, man. They're doing the invocation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do not care yeah. who you were. I didn't care how fat you but Get your ass up. They're doing the invocation. <laughs> you
2: know, it's like. Yeah, you know, you got these some bitches now that want, you know, get down on the ground bow and stuff and take a knee. They want to, you know, fuck you, man. Somebody down the line didn't teach you what the values of being American is. Y'all to be proud to stand up. I've been in a lot of places around the world. And wherever you go, you go to a FOB someplace, you know, a forward o- operating base, and you see that flag flying, I God, it makes you feel proud, and you know, I mean, you just feel like, okay.
0: I, well, not just I'm a part of something, but I'm a part of something great.
2: Right. That flag is flying, you know, let you know the Americans are here,
0: you know. And around the world up until two and a half years ago, especially when other countries saw that flag, they snapped the tent and they get straight real quick. I don't care what they were fucking up before we got there, but when we show up, that shit ain't happening.
2: They looked at it with respect.
0: That's right. And yeah. when Donald Trump was in office, and I don't give a damn what anybody says about Donald Trump at this point, but they get mad say, or they try to say Donald Trump and and uh, what, uh, Putin, oh, they're best friends. Trump must be communist. No, Trump understood one thing. You have to respect... I mean, Patrick didn't teach us this in martial arts. You got to respect your opponent. You don't have to like him to respect him. You know, of course, our dad and our grandfather, I mean, they told us, never underestimate your opponent. You never underestimate them. You don't know what they know. You don't know what they might be able to do. You don't know where they are in their head right now. So Donald Trump understood this, and he knew it very well, and he let Putin know what his terms were. Putin let him know what his terms were. That develops solid and I'm gonna say hardcore relationships because now there's a an element of trust. Mutual. Mutual trust. And even with the Chinese leader, there wasn't a mutual level of trust there. But that Chinese leader over there was pretty much scared to shit in the morning because he didn't know if Trump was gonna blow his toilet up. But at the same time, there was a mutual respect
1: there.
2: All right. And yeah.
1: well um, well another part this is another basic fact. You're a world leader, they're world leaders. That's they're gonna be there long after you're gone. We have four year terms. Yep. And uh there, there's nothing you can do about their presence. So you've got to deal with them. You might as well do the best you can to
0: I wouldn't say the best you can. I say you better do what's right. <laughs> you know, because well, I
1: mean, it's I'm I'm saying to one prevent conflict. Two You need to be able to identify common goals and work together towards those common goals.
0: Even if it means staying away from each other.
1: Well, yeah, but no two people in any relationship. I don't care if you're neighbors or teammates or whatever, squad members, I I don't care. You're not going to get along in everything. So to avoid conflict, you have got to state common goals and work together. to to achieve those goals, Mm -hmm. establish some type of a relationship. And I don't, and see, but, but see, that kind of goes along with the, you know, the environment of our country today, people that don't like Trump because of his tweets, they totally put the blinders on about his policies. His policies were good, Mm -hmm. but because they didn't like his tweets, They hate him. It doesn't matter about nothing. And and you can't go through life like that. You know, and I think that was one of the things that Trump did that the deep state really hated about him was because everybody in the deep state well, one, wasn't approaching our enemies or our world adversaries like Trump did (laughs) and try to work to a common goal to maintain peace. The deep state has been known by these other leaders to know that our leaders before Trump and after Trump, they have something up their sleeve. They're conniving. They're not mm-hmm. being honest and upright, forthright They're tr- They got something else in mind That's and they yes. know automatically we're adversaries. So what they have in mind is not good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump, I mean, you got to extend that olive branch.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and that's true. And see, the other thing about Trump was, I think this is what originally got a lot of world leaders really skittish about Trump because they'd never dealt with somebody who said, look, this is just the way it's going to be. And once he made his mind up, that was it. And like you were saying, Patrick, with these other leaders that we've had, they know they, they got an ulterior motive and that gives every world leader, okay, well, let's see what they do here. Let's push this button right here because he's not being straight up, right? I mean, China's been doing it now for the last year, sending their battleships and cruisers right in front of our aircraft carriers and doing donuts in the ocean just to see if they can get a rise out of us. How about flying spy balloons all the way across country? That's what they do. I mean, they're going to check you as a world leader. You're going to be checked all the time. With Donald Trump, I think they were a little nervous about checking him because they didn't know. A lot of world leaders just didn't know what Trump was going to be about as a president. They knew him as a contractor or as a businessman. And really, I, I think that was probably one of the best things I saw once he got elected because I didn't know how he's going to be with Israel. And that's always my top concern. Right. How are, what are our relations going to be with Israel with this president? When I heard Benjamin Netanyahu say, oh, I think it's great that he became president, we're great friends. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? These other world leaders didn't know Donald Trump. You know, how is he going to be as a president? I mean, that's the most powerful man in the world, they say. They didn't know he's not a politician. So that kind of kept them i put them on their heels really i think but well, i kept she you know, on
1: his heels when he sent 26 fucking missiles in fucking <laughs> syria right. while yeah. they were eating dinner
0: well what about the uh was it the uh taliban leader that he donald trump told him he said you touch one hair on my soldier's head and i know you've been fighting all your life but i will rain hell down on your doorstep like you can't imagine he said really and then in an interview, I heard him say, well, did, is it true, Mr. Trump, that you sent him the grid coordinates of his house? He said, no, I sent him a picture of his house. <laughs> 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 I mean, he learned real quick Donald Trump wasn't playing. But then you get somebody like Joe Bagadix Biden over there at G G20 summit, and you got a French emissary standing over and screaming and pointing his head and Biden cowering down. No, he's the son of a bitch that needs to go ride a bicycle with no damn shoes and shorts. Forget right. the helmet.
2: Yeah, and you know, Biden, he's trying to undermine the, the military. I lost count on how many change of command. Oh,
0: there's hundreds of them.
2: I mean, they're relieving they're I mean, just not the Navy. Army, Air Force, uh, Marine Corps, you know, and these people you see that's taking their place, if you just do a little bit, and I know there's not supposed to be no, you know, we're not supposed to be political in the military. But everybody's got an agenda. And you can see if you start digging just a little bit, because I was talking oh, yeah. to Chris, I, I said, Do you see all these people that's being you know relieved of duty? Yeah, I was like, asking Patrick about that after you showed up I said, that. Damn, man. I ain't never seen nothing like this. You
0: know? Yeah, military wide. I and mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of people at all command levels just being removed for whatever reason.
2: Worldwide.
0: Yep. Reduced to nothing. And and you, you said most of the people that got put in their place, even even in the place in the positions where there needs to be some kind of you know war training involved, and these people are coming out of supply, I mean,
1: <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Well, yeah. one of the I, I can speak for the army. I don't know about the navy, but I mean, you know, coming out of war during World War II, I think there was four four star generals
0: yeah, we in the entire
1: right army, and uh, now we have like. I don't even remember, man. It's, it's what would he say about the navy?
0: It's supposed it, it, to be four four-star admirals in the navy, and yeah. I think it's like three hundred and seventy-one. You said now,
2: yeah, four, four ten at the other day.
1: Yeah, it's four hundred and something general. Why
2: do thing. you need that four stars? You, I mean, why do you well, need that many?
1: They're probably two <clears> and up, but either way, it's still considered a staff officer. So, yeah, uh, but I that's, think
2: I think there was only in World War Two there was only what 12 4 four-star generals.
1: Not four, <laughs>
2: huh? Yeah, four.
1: Yeah, it was only four. Say, but that year. was the yeah.
0: army. I don't know. What, I don't know what the other branches had.
2: Yeah,
0: but still. I yeah, mean,
1: but
2: you know and that's I not count- counting the uh, the uh, joint uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, for, I, mean, I don't know why we need. that. I mean, it's probably the same answer as why do we need all of these uh, places like the NSA, CIA,
2: FBI. I mean, well, they're violating their own law that they created on sure. that, on that you know it's set they don't need it.
1: dhs dhs needs well they need to also absolve the patriot act completely get rid of it exactly and everything that was created with the induction of the patriot act needs to be eradicated tsa yeah. dhs all of this shit needs to be yeah. gone i mean you can look at the success rate of both of those agencies alone and they're both abysmal. I can't tell you how many passengers aboard a commercial aircraft with loaded pistols and they made it. They weren't detected until they got off of the plane. So you don't want somebody on the aircraft with a gun but y'all didn't catch it. They caught it when they were leaving the aircraft. And yeah. then you want to talk about DHS. How many people, I mean, well, the number is unknown, but they already... Well, I'm sure they're underreporting that number also known terrorists that have come across the southern border and DHS has done nothing. So those are evident uh, examples right there that their usefulness has been used up. They have no no reason to exist.
0: I don't think they had a reason to exist to begin with. I mean, along with the Patriot Act, I don't think that ever should have been signed into law, mainly because of what the Patriot Act takes away from the American people. And I don't give a damn what they say about this is for your protection. Fuck you in my mm-hmm. protection. I'll protect myself. Yeah, You know, yeah, I that's, got friends and family. We will stand on our own if we got to yeah. be like that. I mean, yeah, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, all these people you youngsters probably never even heard of. They put together something called the Constitution of the United States, which didn't get signed until 1789. I mean, it signed, ratified. It had to be 100% approved to be ratified. And the holdout states wouldn't sign it until there were certain amendments put in place to secure what was in the Constitution. One of those being the Second Amendment. And that Second Amendment is not there just so you can own a bunch of guns. The Second Amendment is in place because if this country ever had to go to war, the government would call on the people to band together to go fight, bring all the weapons you got. And anybody who wants to challenge that, come and see a few rednecks. Yeah.
1: Well, that also prevented the Emperor of Japan in World War II from invading America.
0: That's right. Because
1: he wanted to, he was trying to give the order to his head general. And his general said,
0: Hell no, they don't have guns.
1: (laughs) There's a gun behind every blade of grass. You want to anchor the sleeping giant. And that's why they didn't invade.
0: Well, that concludes our show for today. And we thank you for being here with us. If you like today's show, rate it and review us on Podchaser.com. It only takes a moment, and it will help us tremendously. Subscribe to get our weekly emails and your personal copy of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Until next time, and on behalf of my brother and myself, we're the Constitution Commandos. Sign up.